along to the final podcast of the season. Uh, it was going to be a bit of an inquest, but I think the objective's been reached and we've steered up. So have you got a better word than an inquest for me, Gareth? No. No? We're just going to stick with inquest then. No, <laughs> okay. A good inquest. A good inquest? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Why, don't, why negative well, it does connotations though, it? of an inquest? It yeah. does though, doesn't it, generally? All right, well, yeah. welcome along to the Wise Men Say Podcast anyway. I'm Stephen Goldsmith. I'm here with Gareth Bark, as always. We've got an array of guests today, Craig Clark and Chris Witherspoon from Rockery Porter here, and Pete Sixsmith from Salou Sunderland. So Chris Pete, Pete hey? might be able to give you a, a, word, a better word, a than better word <laughs> being an English teacher. Yeah, as he was. Good shout that. An end of season assessment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That sounds like something a teacher yes, would say. Yeah. Yeah. And so sim- <laughs> simple but effective. Next? Yeah, simple but effective. Chris has got a blue bag with four cans of Kessel Super Strength. Fantastic. <laughs> okay, right. We're going to speak about Swansea first, um, but we'll just do it a little bit loosely, and I think we'll just let the conversation evolve into into a sort of end of season assessment, as, <laughs> as Pete um, so eloquently put it. Um, okay, right. It was a bit flat the game. The general consensus was Gareth that the work has been had been done, so the foot came off the gas. Even Vito Manoni sort of alluded to mm. that. So, was it was that what you thought about it? Yeah, I think once you've Given what they they had in the in the weeks previous, I think maybe it, that takes its toll. And once they got the safety against West Brom, you know that all that sort of drains out here, I guess. And then there were, it's only natural probably that that did occur. I mean, the first two goals they, they were half asleep, um, but you know I don't think anyone was particularly. Fussed, I didn't get. I the don't know. There were some people around me who weren't happy. Really, shouting that they paid thirty-three quid for a ticket. Yeah, no, there was a bloke at work who <clears throat> doesn't. He was considering getting a season ticket next season, and uh, <laughs> based on that game, he, he was a, not a chance. But I think the thing is, though, Craig. I mean, if you take that game in isolation, is is there an argument that you know the players possibly could have put more in than what they did? Bear in mind, Swansea were, you know, they had one eye on the beach as well, didn't they? No, but I think you know, or being too cynical no, there, they secured their sort of safety. Mm-hmm. A while earlier, I think you know after all they'd put in for the the previous few games, I was I was sort of just drunkenly enjoying myself. No matter what was going on on the pitch, it was just there I to en- for, sort of enjoy the day. I we were safe. Us, reg- you know? I think for us regulars, that's a sort of common theme. Yeah, I think if I think people, if were, people would just yeah. go on as I say, if you take the game in isolation. Yeah, people oh, well, if you've bought a ticket, mm. thinking we're on a good run of form. And you you know you 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 have spent a, a pretty decent chunk of money there. Quid, and you you watch yeah. that, you might think, well, you know, it, it wasn't great, was it? There wasn't a lot of effort, and people have have paid good money. Even we, you know, if you go every week and you've paid your season ticket money, you've still paid to to watch that. I, I don't think there were. I, I think they, don't think they didn't try. Yeah, yeah. I was going to yeah. say it was just. Something was set at half time. The second half, the second half was significantly better than the first yeah. half, wasn't it? I, I sometimes think we expect players to be automatons who can just mm. switch on and switch. Yeah. You know, yeah. they can do exactly what we expect them to. And I think the players have put. A f- um, uh, that's probably the most concerted effort I've seen from a Sunderland team in all the years I've been going over the last five weeks. And they got over the line. And I just think that there was no tension in them at all. And sometimes you need a little bit of tension, a little bit of stress. There was no stress in the team. Stress can be positive. I think positive stress had worked um, certainly over the Cardiff and West Brom games, which were the two game. They were the two season breakers. Those two. You know, never mind Chelsea and Manchester United. The two home wins were the crucial ones. And I just think players, without 
deliberately doing it, just their concentration levels just, just slide a little bit, you know. Whereas Swansea, oh, what did they have to play for? They were safe. They're a good side. Um, and they had a centre forward there who was clearly putting himself in the shop window, who was saying, I don't want to be at Swansea next year. I want, I want champion, seriously, I want Champions League football. And on the other hand, his strike partner saying, I, want, I don't I want, want. I want Premier League football. I don't want to be that's, playing. That's, in the a, that's a very good point, Stephen. Yes, yes. Mm. Chris, I was a little bit alarmed with the collective sort of deficiency in the side. Just after taking Catamol and Alonso out, it, it looked very unbalanced suddenly, didn't it? Yeah, it did. I mean, I'm, I must admit, I think it's one of these ones that you can't really look too much into. I know people are going to say that they wanted, but I mean, Lee Catamol's played that well recently. People are, people are naturally going to sort of compare him to Liam Bridcutt who comes in, aren't they? The different players, but yeah. that's going to be notable straight away, isn't it? They are, they are. And I mean, to be honest, like, I think you would be hard pressed to find anyone who hasn't thought Catamount's been outstanding in those, you know, those five, six games. But I just think there was very much a feel, of, I, I think, like Pete was just saying, it was kind of like, you know, all the tension had gone and the. They put so much exertion into getting themselves over the line. I have a feeling that even if Alonso and Catamol had been on the side, I don't think it would have been very much different. Just make a point that you know a lot of us who live through promotion campaigns, and if you look at the promotion campaigns under Mick McCarthy and Roy King, um, and to a lesser extent under Peter Reid, the last games of the season, which tended to be home games, were usually absolutely appalling. We've had nil-nil draws against Dross, like, like as they were then, Stoke City, um, West Bromwich Albion. We scraped a win against in the, in the season when Reedy took us up with all those goals and all those points. We got two horribly offside goals to beat Birmingham City. And I think that when players have done their jobs, they just say... Okay, you know we can just relax a little bit, and when you relax, you just lose that extra, that, that little five, maybe ten percent that you need. Mentally exhausted, like the fans, Gareth. Mm. Definitely, I, th- I did get that impression. Because um, we, we are, aren't we, as fans? Yeah. So I, mean, it, I, mean, I think um, and the players are the ones who put the real effort in. Well, I think you saw, you know the the, sec- the well in the second half in the in the south stand of the stadium. You know, I think that was that reflected the the atmosphere of the day, and I think the players were probably guilty of they had their second half in the south stand in the first half of the game on the pitch, and I think you know I didn't have a massive problem with it. I mean, I know what you're saying about people have paid the money and they want to see a performance, but you know, if they were that bothered, then they would have been at one of the previous important games earlier in the season. So, and they probably wouldn't have seen a performance then either, would they? <laughs> well, no, they would have. If they'd what gone, you need to say is, where were you in the League yeah. Cup run? Where no, were you the, in the League Cup run? Where were yeah. you in the Cardiff Surely game? The point is as well that you know this this game. Everybody going into it was saying, you know, it's a celebration, kind of regardless of what happens. Yeah, we want to see them play well, but it very much had that kind of feel. It was actually, you know, this is something we're all going to just be a part of and we can relax for once. I just think. It kind of feels like people are mourning for the sake of it, if you know what I mean. I, like, I, I don't really see who would go to that game and like expect the players to be, you know, at a hundred percent after the effort they've put in over the past three weeks. Fair with the fans, Chris. That's who. Well, we're having a pop. That's what we're doing. Yeah, the gloves no, are one off. One of my, one of them was one of my mates who said it as well. Yeah, so end, I'm of the, go end, of the, end of the season, <laughs> end of the season, and the gauntlet's gone down. Like we're, we're slagging everyone off now. Mm. It's going to happen. Sling it off to the pub afterwards. Well, yeah, we're going to do that anyway. <laughs> Ironic, ironically, Craig, ironically, now, Gus Poyet, in a way, could go to short and sort of say, that's a fair reflection of where my squad is as a group of players now. 
Well, say that. I think he's got plenty of games throughout the course of the season that he could point yeah, to that Yeah, I know, anyway. but what I mean is you could now say, you yeah. know, that's been masked a little bit by extraordinary performances in, in the running. Well, yeah, I mean, there's still the same problems there. Whether, you know, you've got to give them all credit. Uh, you know, there's players there who we've, we've all criticised who've turned up and put in some excellent shifts and probably put in performances of quality we maybe thought was beyond them, but it's an exception rather than the rule. So, yeah, it's, it's instead of finishing 12th and looking fairly comfortable in mid-table, it's still a 14th place finish, which isn't too bad, but it doesn't look as impressive, does it? Isn't too bad when you've bottom of the league with... <laughs> no, I mean, in terms, of what, generally. in terms of what yeah. Stephen's saying, mm. not in yeah. terms of... Obviously, in the whatever wherever we finished, if it wasn't bottom, it was or not bottom three, it was yeah. going to look extremely impressive, which because it was, but it doesn't mask the fact mm. that for large parts of the season there were some dreadful mm. performances from individuals and from the team as a as a group. I mean, you know that five one at Tottenham was an absolute like, disgrace. That felt like the end, didn't it? Yeah, it really it did. did. Yeah. It did. Um, Peter mentioned there uh, the 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 collective performance of the players without Catamol without. Alonso, if we're going to get into individual performances, I think the way John O'Shea was turned by Emnes, just a little reminder to me that Brown and O'Shea aren't getting any younger. And is that a concern for next season? Well, I think it is. I mean, I've said nearly all season that the two of them are good players, but they creak. And if if players are quick and sharp and, and, and do turn them, they're going to struggle. Put them up against uh, a more orthodox centre forward. Emnes is, is always an, been an interesting player as Emnes. I've got a friend who's a Middlesbrough fan who thinks he's potentially the best player they've had in years, but he has a, an attitude problem. He really likes him. Um, and I think O'Shea and Brown, we've, we've, they've got another year on their contracts, and I think clearly next year we've got to look at saying what, what are we going to do? Do we bring in a younger player from this country who will shadow them? Um, do we do what something like what Everton did with John Stones at Barnsley and pick up an 18, 19-year-old for a couple of million? Um, I, I would hope I'm not, well, not preempted in question but I would hope that Virginia will sign a full-time contract and I think he's probably been the outstanding player actually over the last six games because he was you know, he looked so weak when he first came, but it just shows that he's a footballer. He's an actual footballer, and just to watch a fullback um, chip a ball up the up, up the uh, up the touchline, play a ball to feet, whereas Phil Barzi just hoofs it. It's yeah. such a difference, you know. Are, it's we expect, such a difference. are we expecting Virginia to move across because he signed as a centre half? He did, he? Um, but he's been playing that well as a fullback. Are we expecting? We, we just mentioned. I mean, I think what we can conclude is that we need another centre half to come in and play alongside either Brown or Shea, probably both of them. You've just said the dilemma there is, is, is it going to be somebody who to come in gradually or somebody who can step into the Premier League straight away? So would Virginia be that person or would you still be looking for somebody else as well? I think he can play all the way across the back four, which is a big advantage. He's it's a no-brainer that. that he's got to sign, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think 300,000 or something, is that right? Yeah, I think yeah. 235. It's I a mean, no-brainer, isn't it? I think logically he'd probably want to go for a full-back, wouldn't he, ahead of a, another centre-half and because obviously Virginia can play. So would you go for a right back and a centre half and just have Virginia as well? Who can Probably, cover? yeah. I mean, well, don't forget we've got Roberge. <laughs> Who? <laughs> well, actually, that he's still there. I was reading today that yeah, um, I didn't mind Roberge personally. That that the the full back at West Brom's available on the free. Billy Jones, a right. I think he's a right back. He's, isn't a, he? he's a right mm. back. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's actually looks pretty decent when I've seen him, but. He's on easy young English yeah, player. You look keep signing new players from uh, these teams sides. Below yeah, in the bottom yeah, four yeah, and yeah. stuff. I was, I was just off the top of my head. I was reading that. Get the, the day. angry mob off. <laughs> but, yeah, 
transfer talks for the further down the line mm. I think Chris I think, I think it seems Alonso or Dikiti <laughs> sorry Matt it's I think right. uh, the, uh, just preempting that I was going to say something <laughs> right? I, I knew I knew that you were actually <laughs> going to talk about Alonso and Dikiti weren't you yeah, I, I, that's exactly yeah, the lines yeah, I, was I knew you were see. so that should be a pretty straightforward <laughs> one in uh, theory you would hope so I mean unless like Fiorentina suddenly come to the senses um, but yeah I mean let's be honest like Dikiti he's <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, to be honest, there's been there's been times when you've looked at you you've looked and you've thought actually you know like he's big strong lad and that and then it's just been the rest of the time and you thought nah like that that's just not gonna cut it and it's like as as much as like I would have loved um, the signings last summer to go well I think we've all seen you know like he's probably one of the better examples of just how wrong it went you know I think you've, you've got to look at players who you think can play in English football yeah. I think Diakite is a good footballer but I think he's an Italian Spanish French footballer he's not he hasn't got the um, he doesn't appear to me to have the concentration factor that's required yeah. in the he's, Premier League like that's the thing I mean that's what people say about the Premier League they say it's, it's a hell of a lot quicker than anywhere else and you, you can kind of ima- imagine him in Italy not so much like ambling around but like kind of you know being a bit more laid back about things whereas over here you get shown up for it he had a touch of the dissenters about him I thought like from a full from a centre back perspective like you'd do something that was half decent and then you'd be going oh where's where's DK gone and he's like sort of standing in the middle of the pitch like Arsenal at home was a prime example it's funny because like uh, Pete says is I think he's a, a it, ironically he's a, he's a, he looks a solid defender for, for first and foremost in the fact that he's sort of big, strong, yet and he doesn't look great with his feet. Yet ironically, it's probably because if he's playing at a slower pace, that wouldn't be showing up as much. Mm-hmm. But as soon as you're under pressure, like you say, you just seem to go to pieces. A terrible game. And he could, card, yeah, he just couldn't keep up with the pace of the game at all, could he? So it's probably a fair. I think you could say something similar, maybe of, of like G. Uh, moving to Germany, maybe the, the style of football there it just suits him better because German football can be quite frenetic, but it's probably a bit more technical here than mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. Um, and things like that do happen to players. I mean, you can look back over the history at Sunderland, Lillian Lalonde just didn't, just couldn't cut it in England. I don't think he was a terrible footballer, just wasn't yeah, a, a Sunderland player, yeah. unfortunately. The other person in that transfer deal, Gareth Alonso. It would be important for continuity's sake, wouldn't it, mm. that he comes back in? Because we're looking for stability. We'd, we've just said there we probably need another centre half to come in um, and eventually sort of uh, push O'Shea or Brown to one side. Probably O'Shea, in my opinion. Because Alonso's played half a season here now, again, it should seem like another no brainer. And importantly, he isn't a finished article. He's, he seems to be, his career seems to be on an upwards trajectory, mm. so it would be good to get him in on a permanent deal. Yeah, and what was nice to see about Alonso was. Uh Obviously, he came and settled in quite quickly, and then he had a bit of a tough spell. But he adapted. He, he, he started, He's improved his defensive yeah, game, hasn't he? He, was like, he started to drop off. He knew he was going to get, but he kept getting beaten for pace down the line. So in the end, he just didn't get get tight enough to the to the winger to get beaten for pace. He just drop off, and he's he's rangy. You know, he's got you know a good stretch on him, um, and he he seems comfortable and good going forward as well. I think uh, the fact that he'd played in the championship would have actually have helped. Mm. Because if we think, you know, if we think the Premier, if we think the Premier League's uh, held a skelter here and scared, and go and watch it, go and watch a Championship well, game because it's a good point straight yeah. at you. Because you look at like uh, Newcastle, like Colaccini, Jose Enrique, both 
came back in the Premier League stronger players mm-hmm. I mean, you look at El Mahamedi mm-hmm. I think his confidence was shattered mm-hmm. at Sunderland and because the because of the football in the Premier League he just couldn't get his confidence back running at a few championship fullbacks for um, a season mm-hmm. and he looks a Premier League player again yeah. so I think you're right with, with Alonso that year is just it's given him experience of this country and it, you're right as well Gareth I've been saying that for the last few weeks because I thought he'd gone he'd mm-hmm. gone really poor he looked a bit like Shaluska for a bit which is strange because he's technically far superior but he he just looked was he in the bath eating pasta was he yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> but uh, it's it's funny you were saying about the development through the championship as well because obviously the big clamour over Southampton this season and their young players they've had an opportunity with their progressive promotions to develop their players at three different levels yes. over a short period of time so they haven't had to loan players out to 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 understand what it's like to play at this level or whatever Yes, they're English players, but they were young players, and um, and, and well, Schneiderlin wasn't. He's he's a French international, but yeah, um, I think he didn't it, get in the squad. Zorgel got no, in ahead no. of him as well. <laughs> Dear me, um, Schneiderlin played when Schneiderlin played when they're in Division One. Exactly, didn't? a lot of the well, Alana did. Well, Alana did. Um, That's all Alana at Hartlepool. Yeah, and and he abs. I mean, Hartlepool. Uh, Southampton won 3-0 Connolly scored too but Lallana I, I don't think I've seen a better performance mm. at that level he just shone yeah absolutely shone but that's you know that's something to be said you know for like you say to, to adapt to the, the physicality and like you say I think that's a good point about Alonso playing in the championship but uh, yeah I've, enjo- I've enjoyed watching Alonso he, he's a you know a nice football to watch I think seems like a grounded person as well mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I think yeah he seems to have enjoyed it you know, and that's what you want as well when the players come on loan. Like, you know, I think Sunderland supporters and loan players, there's there's a bit of a, a weird affinity, isn't there? That there's an attachment. Tears were Barini. I yeah. think tears were shed when Barini <laughs> scored, played and scored for Liverpool. Yeah, there's a tap. There's a Remember Danny Rose just a season yeah. ago. I mean, mm. it, he seems it's almost like he's forgotten now. Mm. Yet at the time, do you think that's going to happen with Barini though? I don't think. Well back. As well, I think. Have you ever felt more fitted to a loan, a loan sign than anybody than Barini? But no, I don't think so. No, no. Possibly not, but yeah, come on, Steve. Like it's football no, about the here and now, I and fans saying, forget yeah. very quickly. How many of those people know, my, who were booing my, my dad one still, week? My dad still goes know. on about um, when Peter Bagley was on loan for us for four games. I can vaguely remember that because I was on about eleven <laughs> year old. But uh, he still goes on about that, so people do remember. But Brady scored important goals, yeah. didn't he? Look, I, I still games. remember Bentner, you know. I mean, I enjoyed his loan yeah. here. So did I, 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 I well. really liked yeah. him. Yes, I thought Bentner was a good um, But I just mean, I don't think people will be... You know, if he's playing for Liverpool next season, and he might not be, you know, he's a Liverpool player, you just you move on, someone else comes in and does the job. And I just think with it being a goal at Wembley, two goals against Newcastle and both of the derbies, it's a little bit different, different from somebody like maybe Welbeck who... I mean, the only one that sprang to my mind for Welbeck was the third goal at Chelsea. He scored. Apart from that, yeah. just, I, I can't think, even remember the, t- the sides he scored against. I think, I think he scored at Wolves, he scored at home at Everton, mm. at Brace. I, th- I think to be, two against he scored Everton, a few, yeah. but I think Berini's been part of what's like genuinely a memorable season, you yeah. know. Like yeah. all well, the that's others, a, that's a point, yeah. All the others yeah. kind of fade into like the mixture, whereas, you know. This is a standout season, isn't it? I mean, it? Like, this be. has been a pretty ridiculous oh. season. Let's Evans be as well, sorry, this thing. Mm-hmm. Not player, not well, I think, it's still, I think it's, there's still a lot of warmth towards Evans when he comes back with Manchester oh, yeah. United, isn't there? I think I think he's accepted as being a good signer, but Berini just seemed to engage with the fans. He just seemed to have something with the fans, you know. Maybe that cup final goal as well. It's never going to leave anyone's memory. Who are your favourite players, strikers or defenders? Goal yeah. scorers. You just think of the goal genie scorers, for me. <laughs> <laughs> Flipping from Alonso to the other fullback situation, then 
Um, can I get a year on near from people about Phil Bardsley and a new contract? I think he's going to get offered one. No. Anybody? <laughs> does anybody? Does anyone? No. Want, anybody want to elaborate on just a simple no? I would, I would, I would say to him, thanks very much, but it's probably time for you to yeah. move on. He's not going to get any better. He's, he's, he's got severe limitations. He's got a lot of heart, a lot of effort, um, but his limitations were short. Two, two limitations on Sunday. First of all, the way that uh, Dyer got inside him, that mm. was shocking. He lost him. And secondly, he, whatever he did to his wrist, he should have gone off. Mm. Yeah. And 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 that shows you sometimes that he doesn't think much further than the end of his nose he's walking around holding his wrist <laughs> and he wanted to play the game to the detriment of the team yeah. so. I, mean, I think one of the problems is as well is like where you fit him in I mean as you were saying before Virginie like now he's found his feet looks a class apart at right back you could see on Sunday when you play Bardsley at left back the, the whole balance of the team breaks down you know like, whereas you stinker, get didn't he? well yeah you get Alonso, you, Alonso might pick the ball alright you know he might, he might not be like you might not create something every time he goes forward, but like you'll try to get the line, you know, you'll go, you'll go for it, you know. Whereas Bardsley, he has to shift the ball back onto his right foot, and that just gives teams time to move back. That's not his uh, fault. No, that's not his fault. But that's the problem. It's like if if you're going to sign Virginie, which it looks like we're going to try to, do, I mean, he's only going to get dislodged at right back if they sign an even better right back. So it's like, well, where's Bardsley going to fit in? You've got you've got to have a squad. You've yeah. got to have a, a squad, Chris. It's no good to say, well, we just need one. You've got e e oh, even no, the average teams have got two decent players. To in be each honest, position. what I was going to say was like the only reason that I would say perhaps not to let go of Arzzi is how many people are we going to have to bring in in other positions? And so, I mean, yeah. this is the thing. Like, some people people are advocating. Let's it's not get, about how let's get rid of a lot of them. Is, yeah. You know, look, well, look how it's turned out. You've, you've, the issue with Arzzi would then be, you know, it's a, it's the big contract for him. Yeah, he's twenty. He was twenty nine. Um, I actually thought he was older. Um, since being around forever, but he's twenty nine. Um, he's gonna want money, and we aren't gonna pay a squad player money. Like, he's, we're not gonna pay a squad player thirty five thousand pound a week. If he goes to West Ham, even if he's a squad player or somewhere like that, he'll get that money. Yeah. That and that's the issue. I, I I agree about the the um what you're saying about retaining some of the players, and I think that's gonna have to be. They've got to get it right. They've got to they've got to retain the right ones. I think Colback and Larson have played themselves into new contracts. I don't think Bardsley and Gardner have or well, Westwood. Obviously, the problem with Colback is he doesn't want it. Well, doesn't well, seem to want it at the moment. He might, he might change his mind. Yeah. The thing about Colback as well, possibly, you probably just elaborated on a point there. I mean, if it's true that there's eleven clubs after him. <laughs> How much money are they going to have to give him? You know, and it's like, do you, mm. how, what's your limit? Like, do you decide yeah, I think, he's a I think squad the player? Thing is, the thing is, with eleven clubs getting linked to callback, you've got to appreciate that any proven Premier League player who suddenly becomes available on a free, yeah. how many Premier League clubs are naturally going to throw their hat into the ring, aren't they? Regarding that, I don't know. My instinct would say, if he gets offered what he wants, <laughs> he, uh, he he's likely to stay, unless somebody like perhaps Everton come in. Which is he going to get a game for Everton? Realistically, so people like mm. McCarthy just starting to really settle down into that side. Martinez is probably going to go out and sign more central midfielders. Well, he might look at it. I and mean, think, it's just, we're just speculating. Of is, course. He, is he going to be a first team player at Sunderland? No, probably not. I would suggest that he's already behind. Well, at least Catamol. Plus, they'll be looking to bring someone in surely who can create and score on a more regular basis. He's brought Bridcut in because he likes him. You're going to think he's going to want to bed him into the side. So if Colback could be a squad player at Sunderland or at Everton who've got Champions League football, he might feel he can learn his trade better there. He'd be working with Gareth Barry. A Europa League football. I think, I think, yeah, I think <laughs> Sorry. Europa League. I think you're probably right. 
but I don't think hey, Gus. It's still it's more games, which means yeah. he's got more chance to play think, football. I don't think Gus Poyet would sit him down and actually say you're going to be a squad player. He's like they say you're going to know you're a big part but of my plan. You're going to play. But it comes back to what uh, Gareth was saying about Bardsley's wages, and if he's wanting money befitting a first team starter, and if Gus is going to sit him down and say you're going to play a big part, he's going to say right, well pay me what you're paying the other players who are playing a big part. And if he in reality is a squad player, then you can't offer him mm. 30, 35. You're going to have the same problem with Connor Wickham as well, I think, going into the last year of his contract on a, on the back of some good form. Do you sell him because we can still get a fee? Do you offer him a new contract based on a very small amount of good form where he's going to say, right, give me 30, 35,000 pound a week, which is primarily your main striker? And it's a big risk. We're, we, we seem to get ourselves in these ridiculous situations with contracts well w- w- Wickham's form Pete he's sort of he's he's um his form's dictated that he hasn't the negotiating power suddenly now doesn't he have to sort of do nothing for three years well he does and and, and I think also uh, it depends you know, if Poyer says look you know you're going to start the season for me next year but you've really really got to do it mm. um and I think that's when they've got... But, you, you know, you, you've got to offer contracts. And players also may just want a different challenge. It's sometimes not a bad thing for a player to move on. You know, even if they move into a club who's quite similar, a different environment might just bring them out, you know. And we've we've had the advantage of that. We've had players who've come in before from fairly average clubs who've done quite well at Sunderland because it's been a change for them. We've had players who've left us and done the same. So it, it happens, you know, players will move on. Um, but certainly with Wickham, I think, uh, that's got to be he's got to be first choice centre forward at the start of next season well we're going to we're going to have that debate <laughs> now before that I want you to listen to what Kevin Phillips and Niall Quinn told us about Conor Wickham and we'll take it from there he's wearing that number 10 shirt and you know he's chipped in with the goals of late which you know I've watched him over the, over the last few years um, been, you know in and around the championship and he's been out on loan various clubs and you know, for, for a young lad going to Sunderland for such a big fee, it can take a while to settle down. You know, you get used to the limelight. You know what it's like in the North East. Um, but, you know, it looks like now he's, his feet are grounded, he's scoring the goals. And, you know, if he scores a few more from now at the end of the season, he, he instantly becomes a legend up there for keeping the club in the, in the league. So I hope he'll deal with that well. Um, let's hope, you know, he continues to improve, keeps his feet on the ground, and next year be a big season for him. I'm delighted for him, but, but, and I keep saying it, Every pat on the back he gets, he should treat as another hour on the training ground, an extra hour to the other players, because uh, he's got he's got the chance now, and he, he's been he's got the confidence, he's got the ability. Uh, I think the attitude will follow. I think he will. I think he'll want it more than ever now. But I'd like to see him last out on the training ground. I'd like to see him perfect his art. I'd like to see him learn, watch videos of people like Alan Shearer sneaking into the box as opposed to walking in in a straight line. And suddenly he's nowhere to go when the ball comes across. He can make things really good for himself if he starts to look how other players do it and practice it at the training ground. Make curved runs into the box. Lose his man, go one yard to go, which he's starting to do. But, uh, but it doesn't come listening to people patting, on, patting you on the back. It comes on the training ground. And if he wants to be the top player that his ability can get to, then, uh, then well done to him. I should have said well done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I should have said very well done to him. Delight for him. Looks a great signing. <laughs> um, but I'd love to see him get the most out of his career, and, and, and if he does, if, he, if he's willing to work hard, and if he's willing to look, and, he, and some of the fans might give out, but they know I'm saying the right thing. Look at Alan Shearer; he could he could do for some what Alan Shearer did for Newcastle if he's willing to work at it, and that, that's an extraordinary high bar. But why set it any lower? 
That was when the legendary duo spoke to us at Jordy Craddock's testimonial the other week. Right, listen to what those guys say there, Craig, and the point Pete's just made, because I think you were going to come in on it. It's a bit of a dilemma again, because Pete's saying he should start next year. The predicament we have now is Conor Wickham. We've started to see form from him when he has had a run in the side. He can only play in one position. He's not going to play in any of the other front roles. He can only play up front, you would imagine. Mm, he could play from the left. Possibly. Well, he's done I, know, it, he's I done knew it. where Dipswich he played deeper yeah. and stuff. I'm just saying the way he seems to have been mauled into a striker lately. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, get back to the point. Um, <laughs> we've saw, we saw, we seen this form when he got into the side. So suddenly now, do you see either, right, we're going to go and sign a new striker and he's going to be the understudy again and we see him lose the form, or do you put your trust in him? and say we've seen him deliver when we've showed him that trust put him into the side it's a gamble because we've seen it in a little short spike haven't we well I suppose a lot's going to depend on who's here next next season we've got <clears throat> obviously Wickham but that's what I'm saying do you go, well, do you go out and try and well, do you, well, do you, you can't bring anyone in at the minute because we've got too many we've got Wickham Scott Goh, Graham I mean he won't be here probably but you've got to get rid of him Altador and Fletcher that's five players who can play in one position, he's going to surely gonna listen. Be, he's surely going to listen a lot of to Fletcher or yeah. Aladot, if not both, isn't it? I, w- I would tell both of them if possible. But as Pete rightly mentioned about other positions, we do need more than one player for each role. If we were left with a situation where you just had Wickham and Scott, or you've got one player who's barely kicked a ball in the Premier League, and the other who has shown glimpses of what he's capable of, and not just in that run, he's shown it in the past, but it's very fleeting, and that is a gamble, and that's been the problem we've not had someone who's sort of looked like a regular goal scorer but like most things this summer a lot of it's going to be dictated about based on what we can sell because I don't think we're going to have the funds to buy players so, in all these positions that we need them in an ideal, and strikers. In an ideal world then say Fletcher goes Alador goes do we then rely on Conor Wickham or do we go and try and sign somebody else? I think you bring somebody I'm sure, else I'm sure you didn't answer well. my question now you can't, sorry, well, I'm no, sort of like a politician so, I think there's too many factors that if, as it stands now, I would say politician talk. No, well, Wickham is probably your first choice of who's available, but that's just because the others are so bad that <laughs> who else do you pick? I mean, I think I think with Wickham, you, you've got to play. Sorry, sorry, Chris, that's you've got right. to play to his strengths. And if you look at the two goals he got at Manchester City, where he played slightly, he played slightly out of the middle, and Scotchow and Jackarini set him up for both goals, and he came onto the ball rather than the ball being knocked up to him. He came onto it, and I think if we can develop the tactics so that we can use him properly, the other thing I'll say is that Jay Rodriguez struggled in his first season at Southampton did, yeah. and didn't look anything like an eight million pound player. And if there's one lad who's improved in leaps and bounds last season, he was the best forward I saw last season. I thought he was outstanding. But he plays from the left. He doesn't play through the middle. But you've just brought him there. Is is there an argument that Wickham can come from the left or the right? Well, he may do, but he's got to have somebody up there with him who knows who knows the ropes. Now that might be that might be Fletcher if 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 Fletcher can get his head round playing football. The American, I think they would. I'd wash my hands of him. He'll never make Premier League football. <laughs> nice lad, tries hard, but nowhere near good enough. Scott Shaw might just. Yeah. Might be another Barini for us next season. Who knows? I think you're right about that. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong, people. I think the point you're kind of making about <coughs> Rodriguez isn't kind of a position-specific one. It's like, it's kind of saying, you know, these, like Wickham, had a lot of pressure on him, you know, especially with the fee. It does take time for these people to find the feet. I mean, he was used differently uh, the first season Rodriguez though, because Nigel Atkins was the manager and I think he just put I him mean, up front in a 4-4-2 did he pretty much 
Yes, I think he did yeah. with Lambert, but Pochettino's probably used him better. But yeah. I, I, well, I, I think that's a really good point as well. I mean, there's no coincidence that, you know, Wickham's played, I mean, I think he's only started nine, but he's played obtain games for someone before Poye has given him a chance. He scored one goal. Poye comes in, you know, scores, what is it, five in three games in this. And I think you've what we've got, or what we seem to have at the moment, is a manager and a striker who are kind of like, they get it with each other, if you know what I mean. Like Poy is, he struggled all season to get the team to score goals. He's brought Wickham in, whether he's done it by good fortune or good management, you know, that's a different argument. But both, he's brought yeah. him in and he's deploying him in a way that's actually, it's getting hit, but it's getting both Wickham goals and it's getting other people goals. You know, Wickham set goals up in this one of games. And I just think, you know, we've spent eight million quid on the lad. Um, we're finally starting to see him come good. I just think you give him, you give him a go, you know, you give him a contract and you say, I'll tell you what, right, we'll give you three years and you know what, if you do brilliantly you're gonna be off to, you're gonna be off in two years anyway. So yeah, I, I would put your trust in him. I think what he has got in his favour, Gareth as well, Wickham, is that he's had this little good run now. So for example the last two games Sunderland played, he didn't do much, but the fans aren't on his back suddenly mm. because we've seen him deliver the goods now and that that's important, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Um I always felt as though he had, he did have quite a lot of a. There's a level of support there for him because a lot of people were saying he must be better than what we've got, and that's the reason he got his chances because there was nothing left to try and he got his goal. But you know, looking ahead to next season, I would say, I mean, this is just a, a theory. With the, with the strikers we've got, I know saying about selling Altador and Fletcher if it came to one of them. I'd probably you'd sell. You get more money for Fletcher, wouldn't you? Probably sell one. Keep Scotchel, Scotchel, whatever whatever we're calling him. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And then... How how about say maybe sitting Conor Wickham down and saying, listen, we're going to bring in a, a experienced centre forward in your mould, and we we'll want like he was saying about like Quinny was saying on there about being the next Shearer. I don't think it's necessarily about being the next Shearer, but <coughs> find somebody who's similar to him, who's experienced and knows the game. Find somebody who's willing to come, who maybe is at the coming to the end of their career, and bring them together and say listen you might not play every week Connor because we're going to bring this guy in as well but we want you to basically develop and play with somebody who's going to be capable of filling your boots when you can't play in the same system and style but at the same time is going to bring you along somebody like Ricky Lambert I'm not I'm not now I wouldn't be surprised if Southampton went and signed somebody. were looking to move Ricky Lambert on given his age 
Um, he's been at the World Cup. Lambert, he's not going to get another. He's going not going to get another um, championship with England at at in the Euros or at at the next World Cup. Definitely not right. So he's he's probably hit his. He's scored in every division. He scored goals in the Premier League. He's hit probably the situation where in his career he's probably looking to maybe develop possibilities of future in the game, coaching or whatever. I think it's about finding the right people and being sensible about it and creating opportunities, the, the right opportunities for everyone, bringing the right group of strikers in. I don't think you can just be like, Connor, you're going to play up front and you've got to score all the goals because if you stop scoring, pressure's on and then you've got no backup. I think the issue with that and the issue with any position really as we've gone through tonight is how much money it's going to cost you I mean even somebody say I, I don't know how realistic it is but say, say you wanted to get somebody like Wiggy Lambert and they're looking to move him on you know he's just going to be coming off the back of a World Cup where you know score a couple of goals value goes up no matter how old he mm. is you know and I just think we've got we've got someone like Wickham on the books you know we've already paid the money for him mm. you know we're starting to see return yeah you know Give him a go, like you know. I mean, the, the the way I look at it, I do think he's shown variety. I don't think I, I don't think he's going to be fit for every system. I don't think any player is, but I think he's shown that he can he can hold it up. He can run under it. You know, he can, well, he can play out wide. I mean, he he set up Larson's goal. I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I know that's different because he's playing. He's, he's but moved but he showed that he's got he's got a he's got a skill set yeah. which, let's be honest, the rest of the strikers on the books we we all know they they don't have that. Maybe not, not that well rounded. But, but I'm just. I'm just talking about as it's it's about like Quinny was talking about there. It's not just about what you do on the pitch; it's about what you do yeah. off it. And there's Ricky Lambert, say for example, is a good example of somebody. And that's, this is just a name of grab off the top of my head, by the way. But there's an example of somebody who's worked his way up through yeah. the leagues, and he's made himself into a Premier League player in England international from playing for, you know, he's played in every division, and that's an impressive effort. And if if you've got a young, you know, people talk about young lads not being ground enough, giving too much to you, and you're in a situation where, like Craig's saying, this summer they're going to have to give him a lot of money. And if his attitude isn't right off the pitch, yeah. then he's not going to be good on the pitch. Well, right. let's put it this way: had he had this run of form in December, and he faded, and he'd done not a great deal since, it's totally different. The mm. bargaining position and everything. The problem is we're going into a summer where he's had a really good yep, exactly. purple patch and a player of the month award just before we need to make a decision on whether to give him a contract or not and it puts all of the bargaining power in his hands. Now, of course, it was great that he had that run of form. It's helped keep us up. But I do think it makes it more difficult than just saying, give him a go. I, I think he's good. I'm, I don't depends, want to sound depends, overly negative towards who, him. Who, who, I just think it's a risk to rely on just him. Yeah. There's been an obvious change in his in his hat. Attitude, haven't they? So it depends who's having a, if somebody's having a word in his ear, or if he's mm. he, you know he's making these decisions himself. I think the two loans that he did were very interesting. I mean, he went to Sheffield Wednesday, which apparently is a nice club with a decent manager, um, a good fan base, and he did very well there. Came back, probably thought to get in the first team. Obviously, didn't impress Poyer, who then sent him to Leeds United. Now, if he goes to Leeds United and he looks at the shambles of a club that's there, you know, with with takeovers, with um, drugs being allegedly drugs being taken <laughs> in the, the boardroom, yeah, yeah. um, with a, with a crowd that were rebelling against the against the club itself, he looks at that and he thinks, you know, I've really got to get. I, I'm going to end up at a club like this. This is my future if I don't pull my finger out when I go back to Sunderland. So maybe that was why Poyer. I mean, obviously Poyer knew people at Leeds because he'd worked there, but that might have been part of his thinking. Who knows? Well, it, it would be very clever if that was part of it because well apparently 
can't remember who said it. Apparently, he asked for that loan. Yeah. He wanted Chris to go. Was. was it Chris saying? Yeah, he, he wanted to he go wanted, to Leeds. Well, I don't know if he specifically wanted to be out right, on loan, but he right. wanted. Right. So that to me, rather than sitting the bench for yeah, the cup final, which was great because mm-hmm. I that changed yeah, my opinion of him because I've been very scared mm-hmm. of him in the past, thinking his yeah. attitude stinks. But that doesn't suggest his attitude smells quite so badly as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, come on, he wants to play football. He yes. could have been involved in like Gareth's looking at his witheringly shall we say <laughs> it does suggest that you know he wants well, to play football that's, that's a good I, I thing I guess it depends if someone's had a word in his ear or whether the penny's just dropped I suppose we'll never know that really the full extent of that will we right we're going to have to wrap things up there for this part we're going to do the question of the week now loads we've had to leave out to be honest like, but that's probably a good thing yeah I'll, I'll, <laughs> we'll not have any music because we haven't sorted it out we'll just get in there with mm. the uh, answers it's, um, a, it's the last it's the last one we're just, yeah. we're just going with it yeah so um yeah, the, 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 we've got a prize this week. It's um, from Campbell Retro, and uh, they they said that we could uh, give away the, the choice of four, so I'll inform the winner of which four they can choose from. But there is the the um, Italia ninety uh, England shirt is in the in the range, which is a, a Does lovely. Does have on the back? That's got. I think you can get one with uh, nineteen on the back with Gazza, I think, which is. Uh, can I win? No, you may not win. Um, but yeah, uh, so it's a great prize. I think there's a long sleeve red 66 one in there, and there's a couple of the uh, ones from the. I was going to do names, I think I would have Lineker for the 90. That's Gaz will be Euro 96 for me. I know, but the, that's not an option. I've though. never looked, I'm just, I'm <laughs> just saying what yeah, my. I haven't looked, have you? I have looked, and there is a high quality <laughs> range of shirts available from Campbell well, Retro everybody knows this anyway starting from £25 so is it all just England gear or have they got other no they've got some no, well I mean like stuff, uh, yeah. national sides as well yeah, yeah they've got other yeah. yeah. all sorts Italy 82 yeah. would be my vote oh well there you go but you can't win and that's not a prize so <laughs> um, so we'll begin uh, the question which was um, uh, if you could uh, tweet Roy Hodgson um, and give him a reason or try and convince him to pick Lee Catamull for the this England squad for the World Cup um, the answers uh, Mr Potsky um, hi Roy as, you, as per usual you have picked a side bring with mediocrity be different for a change uh, Luke Bowley he can't win uh, in any other generation Catamull will be England captain in a Tony Pulis team I'd tell Roy to do the honourable thing and step aside for big tone uh, Chris Dixon um, he'll Tell Roy he's Belgian Albanian that was wanted by Southampton and Roy will cream in his pants. <laughs> uh, Joe Morris said uh, Catamol versus Balotelli. Catamol versus Suarez. What can possibly go wrong? And a good hashtag which is Cats on Copacabana. Uh, Tony Hopper. Take Cats because if the bus gets caught in traffic he's good at running over the top of cars, allegedly. Uh, Robert Davidson um, has finally added goals to his game. The final piece to world-class midfielder and guaranteed World Cup with him. Uh, Matt Anderson, I've seen him score more goals than Messi this season. Emphasis on Ive. Uh, Connor Smith, uh, Andreas Iniesta, has posters of Lee on his bedroom wall. Uh, Michael Graham, you can't win. Uh, he sleeps in Southampton FC pyjamas. Uh, Michael Arkley, um, he's got the passing ability of Pilo, the tackling of De Rossi, and he won't slip over in his own half when it counts. I'm not totally sure about that, uh, I see. I but, think yeah. evidence would suggest otherwise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Biffa Granger said... Uh, Roy's great at high altitude because he's from Middlesbrough. <laughs> John Stephen McGill said, uh, Roy, if you watch football, you'd realise you're mistaken not taking him. That's a sensible and logical <laughs> answer. Yeah. Um, but, but probably not a winner. Uh, Craig Trainer said, um, Larson Swedish, callback's going to burn and you've got to take one. Uh, Philip Erson said, uh, I have your wife and kids. 
That's about the only way it's going to work. <laughs> um, Ian said, I'd simply say retro style is in, and Lee, with his side parting and short shorts, is reliving the spirit of 1990. Uh, Michael Cowell, uh, Roy, cats can run through walls. He smashed through rainforest, pulling up tree, pulling out tr- trees with his teeth. I don't know if that's very good for the ecosystem. Uh, Blaine said uh, he's basically PLO without the beard. And uh, the final one was Rory Fallow, and he said, when it's all kicking off, and the white plastic chairs are being hoied about. Who do you want on your side? Jack Wilshire or Lee Barry Catamore? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So very good answers yeah, there. I know, it's it's going to be a tough one. Has anybody got any favourites? I've got a we, couple we, highlights. We're going to have to... Dis- Did enjoy the Middlesbrough one, to be honest. The altitude. <laughs> Just the hit. Yeah, I mean, if we can like get a dig at them in there. you know, That or the Southampton one, I thought it was dig fantastic. It, dig it, dig it, who? <laughs> Middlesbrough. Yeah. Uh, the ones so who are welcoming us to the Championship. We're going to are we? Craig, any favourites? Uh, that one hour about the traffic was pretty. Uh, pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. that. Pete, any that's <laughs> stick out to you? No, we need well, to have, have you got one? That many have you got one off you? Well, I'm just, um, mine was uh, the. I quite like the one that the side part and shorts because it's because of the yes, nature sir. of the competition because it's uh, to win a retro shirt. Mm-hmm. Gareth's um, going for a sponsored answer by the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, I also liked the last one, which was the. Uh, the white chairs flying about who do you want on your side I, I like that, that one funny. and the car one my two favourites so just the ones that involve football Both violence vandalism. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just so everyone knows uh, well, he's rocking a feeler <laughs> casuals jersey this evening <laughs> Stephen 80s casual goldsmith <laughs> no I, like, I, like, I like the one about the uh, retro style yeah I like that one well, so we've got two for retro yeah. style like that. Two for the chairs being thrown so about. Two Chris, for the Chris have. two for the um, the top of the cars, so you can choose to decide out of the. I Chris, Charles, down to Chris. Right, well, in the who, who of, can be who can be reached on Twitter if you don't win? In the spirit of football hooliganism, <laughs> we'll go for him running over the top of running cars. over the top of the cars. So who is that? Let's have a gander. Den- Denmark aren't in the World Cup finals. <laughs> <are> <laughs> So him and um, Nick won't be rampaging around Sao Paulo or Manaus or anywhere yeah, like that. That would be my <laughs> dream scenario. Them two <laughs> reunited. Yeah. So that was uh, Tony Hopper at a hops thirty. Congratulations, you've won an England shirt of choice, um, which I will be in touch with you regarding. So well done, and that's that. Okay, I thank everybody for listening for the season. Then we may come back. In a few weeks with a special, uh, possibly a live one. When we get more details on that, we'll let you know in due course, of course. So I'd like to thank my guests who have come on all throughout the season. Too many lists now, um, but I will thank the lads who's in the studio today. That's Craig Clark, Chris Weatherspoon and Pete Sixsmith. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, hopefully next season will be a, a little smoother, a little smoother, I think, and a little easier on everybody's hearts. We're going to finish with... Um, a little mashup of uh, Nick Barnes commentating amongst other things of Sunderland's season. Uh, so thanks to BBC for that. It is on for around twenty minutes, but um, <laughs> I tell you I th- what, I think, I that, I think that, yeah, I think that'll fly. Oh yeah, Gareth wants praise for editing yeah, yeah. it down because it was like forty-seven minutes or something. But um, I did it in half an hour. It's 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 <laughs> so worth I twenty minutes. And I haven't yeah. checked it back, so it could be terrible. Yeah, well, we're, yeah, we're taking a leap of faith here yeah, that it's going to be worth twenty minutes <laughs> of your time. If you can't, if you can't enjoy Benno. <laughs> Shouting over the Shouting top of Nick Barnes. Nick Barnes. Then what can you enjoy? What can you enjoy? Okay. De- definitely so. Definitely so. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. All run out. The ball that uh, G got in the first half. No. I don't accept that my player.
rather than pull out his neck and retreat his neck in front of the God for worry. No, it's not possible. He's not thinking about uh, this level. No, it's not, it's not, it, we don't talking about uh, the manager ask too much, uh, the manager ask uh, uh, OG or another player to play like Messi or whatever because uh, you lose the sense of the reality. But the action that we saw is not even thinkable. Through to Anichibi, he finds Amalfitano in the penalty area on the right, what a goal! Good morning. After just 175 days, Paolo Di Canio's spell as Sunderland boss is over. Of course, you need to go through the, the process. You need to wait for the, for the chairman to make the decision. And then if it's you, you know, embrace it and make sure you do the right thing. So, um, yeah, delighted to be here and convinced that we can do great things. That it's going to be difficult. It's a challenge. Taken short to Larson, back to Johnson. They've worked this on the training ground. And the ball floated to Drops here now for Perini. Can he turn? Finds Key. Key now trying to line it up. Yeah! Yeah! What a goal! He has won it! Goal kick. Osman's jogging back. Oh. Key's going with him. Oh. It's out to Osman. Oh, a mistake. And Key's through. Oh, it's a penalty. It's going to be a penalty. He might send him off here. He might send him off here. Surely. Send him off. He's and off. It is a red card. Howard is sent off after a terrible error. And Key on the Gladys Street end here at Everton to take this penalty for Sunderland to give them a 1 0 lead. Key comes forward and get in. Drives it into the corner. It's 1 0 to Sunderland. Now to Key. 25 seconds remain. Key down the left oh. side of the penalty area. He's dispossessed by Catherine. Takes the ball out to the right touchline to clear. Only to Giaccarini. Back to Key on the left. Into the penalty area. Trying to find Roberge. Now Colback shot. Takes it in. Yes! It's got it! It's in the last second. Jack Colback trying to take on Senderos. Oh, that's a penalty. That's a penalty. That is a penalty. <laughs> no question whatsoever. I'll tell you what. That was a great penalty by Altidore. He even had me puzzled. <laughs> stuck his leg round Altidore and tripped him up. The only thing missing from that was music. So, they're going berserk behind us. going to apologise for the language. But Adam Johnson's opportunity for his hat trick. Um, but well done, Jose Altidore. He saved me. I was <laughs> saving <laughs> my lungs there. <laughs> Come on, Adam Johnson. The referee took a second to look at it, but he just wrapped his foot round Aldador and upended him. So Adam Johnson on a hat trick here. He strides forward with his left foot. Great! Through the middle. Stockdale went down to the right. And Sunderland now have won the game. Hat-trick. Fletcher heading it down to Key. Key now in the penalty area on the left. Oh, too many red shirts. He comes back out. Rolls it to Bardsley. Bardsley's going to shoot. It. And oh, yes! And he's, he's done it! And the score! Done he's it! He's done it! 
Barnsley. Six years for days signed for Sunderland has possibly, surely, must have done put Sunderland into the final at Wembley. Less than a minute and a half now or so as Yanazai at the other end trying to poke it in. Back to Yanazai on the left, across the face of goal. And the Unbelievable. You couldn't write the script. Couldn't clear the ball. Javier Hernandez. He can hardly walk. Up the other end. Has scored for Manchester United. Here is Rafael against Vito Manone. Rafael. Oh! Brown cutting across, playing it into the middle, looking for Colback, brings it down in front of Anita and then plays it through here to Johnson on the right side of the penalty area. Calling for it is Bardsley. Bardsley, oh, oh that's a penalty. Penalty. It's a penalty! That's a penalty! Bardsley went oh, down. Zone, it's a penalty. And Phil Dowd had no yeah, hesitation no. in pointing to the spot. Barini's won it. Altador wanted to take it. Bardsley ran into the box, was. Push down. Come on, Fabio. Fabio Barini then with this penalty for Sunderland. Strides up here. And yes! Barini again. And Sunderland's angel, Fabio Barini, has fired Sunderland into a goal lead in the 20th minute. Barini slips it through the legs of Sissoko. Nice touch from Altador to Colback. Back in away is Taylor. Colback into the area. A Get it! Punched away. Get it! Johnson! 2-0! Through to Ben Arthur. Foul, was he by. No, says the referee, by Colback. And he's got the ball to. Well, well come going. on, come on, Barini. Oh, a little trip by Teote. Oh, yes! 3 0. 3 0, and Jack Colback! That's, That's what he deserved, I tell you what. And Jack Colback is second of the season. He scored at Cardiff, has wrapped the game up. Great Newcastle finish. nil, Sunderland 3. Larson is bringing this out through the centre, veering towards the right, plays it to Johnson, who lifts one over the top for Barini to chase. Really? Company's on his shoulder, he's made a mistake, and Barini's through. Oh! Yes! Get it, Barini! Fabio Barini! In the ninth minute, great ball through to him on the right side of the penalty area, held off Company, and sinks it under Pantilimon. Manchester City now, Sunderland one. Aguero trying to thread it through. Picked up here on the right of the penalty area. And one now. Fernandinho in the opening minute of the game has put Manchester City 1-0 up. What a terrible start. And again, you know, you don't want to point fingers, but Catamol knows himself. He's lost possession off the ball just, in, just outside the 18-yard box. And we've been punished for it. Aguero's got onto the ball. He's tried to play the great Owen. It's been ricocheted. It's gone into Fernandinho. And he's finished it 1-0. I tell you what, we've got a mountain to climb. Out on the left again. 
into the penalty area and a chance for Wickham! Connor Wickham with his right foot has volleyed it past Hart. It's Manchester City 1, Sunderland 1. So another corner, it's only Manchester City's third from the right. It's whipped in and it's headed out by Catamol, I think. Anyway, on the break possibly here are Sondland, is it Giacarini? Yeah. Over the halfway oh, line, and he's got Wickham powering down here, the right-hand side. Here's Wickham in the penalty, right foot. Goal! Oh! Oh! Wickham! What a, a finish! What, what a, a finish strike. for Wickham! It's Manchester City 1, Sondland 2, and Wickham steers that in, low under heart, and Sondland, against all the odds, take the lead. I'll tell you what. Credit to Giacarini and Conor Wickham. Jovetic turns it back. Nasri straight at Benoni. Oh, it's thrown in. Manchester City have equalised. Benoni can't believe it. He initially made the save and it bobbled out of his hand underneath him and over the line. And Nasri's pulled Manchester City level in the 88th minute. Unbelievable. Samuel Eto, eight goals in the Premier League. This season, signed on a free. That's a rarity at Chelsea. Here's the corner on the left from William. Oh, and fired in. Samuel Drilled Eto'o. home by that man, Samuel Eto. From close range, six yards. That is his ninth Premier League goal of the season. And he comes down to the Chelsea bench, does a little dance, and Chelsea are one up after. 11 minutes. Larson's going to take the corner on the left-hand side. There's a so huddle two, of players. Two, two, and he's two. played it back to Alonso outside the penalty area who shoots. Down goes Schwarzer. Wickham, Wickham follows again. up. And Wickham Excellent. has equalised. Connor Wickham, three goals in two games, has equalised in the 17th minute. Good, well-worked set-piece. Out to Alonso. Schwarzer couldn't grab hold of it. Wickham followed up and has netted the ball. So down the left, Azpilicueta to Schürrle, back to the Spaniard. The Spaniard slips, Slip on, everyone's on. slipping, it's there, Altador in. Altador, can he pull this back? Oh, it's a penalty. Good. Well, it is a penalty. It is a penalty. Mike Dean points to the spot. Jose Mourinho laughs his head off. Well done, Mike Jose Dean Altador. has pointed to the spot when Altador went down. So now we have some drama here for the foul perceived by Mike Dean and you thought it was straight away by Azpilicueta so the penalty is nowhere near the ball <laughs> it's a penalty there's no argument about it Barini I'll tell you what it was the assistant who give it done his job a penalty kick for Sunderland Fabio Come on, Barini is going to take the penalty. It's Chelsea 1, Sunderland 1. On the spot where Peter Oscar's ashes are buried, Fabio Barini at the shed end with the scores level in the 81st minute comes forward and yes. drives it through the middle and it's Chelsea 1, Sunderland 2 with nine minutes of the 90 remaining and Fabio Barini, the man for the big occasions, has done it again. Fabio, um... Someone's just told me that you were asked what were you thinking when you went to take the penalty and you just thought, goal. But what an amazing result. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about the results, not about my goal. Obviously, it's been a very good team performance. 
suffering because obviously it's a great team and we had to do this in a few parts of the game and we show character and, and always believe and we defend well and we attack when we could. And Jacarini's come down to the left to take the corner, the 10th Sunderland corner of the match at the north end of the Stadium of Light. Uh, Sunderland players stroll into the Cardiff penalty area. Movement now and the ball oh. headed down and in. And Connor Wickham has a brace. 4-0, 2 to Connor Wickham. Just leant down and nodded the ball past Marshall. And Sunderland are in. Aguero trying to thread it through. Picked up here on the right of the penalty area. And 1-0, Fernandinho in the opening minute of the game has put Manchester City 1-0 up. What a terrible start. And again, you know, you don't want to point fingers, but Catamol knows himself. He's lost possession off the ball, just, in, just outside the 18-yard box, and we've been punished for it. Aguero's got onto the ball. He's tried to play the great Owen. It's been ricocheted. It's gone into Fernandinho, and he's finished it 1-0. I tell you what, we've got a mountain to climb. Out on the left again, into the penalty area, and a chance Connor Wickham with his right foot has volleyed it past Hart. It's That's Manchester City 1, Sunderland 1. So another corner, it's only, only Manchester City's third from the right. It's whipped in and it's headed out by Catamore, I think. Anyway, on the break, possibly here, are Sunderland. Is it Giacarini? Yeah. Over the halfway oh, line. And he's got Wickham powering down here, the right-hand side. Here's Wickham in the penalty, right foot. Goal! Connor Wickham! What a, a finish! What, what a, a finish strike. for Wickham! It's Manchester City 1, Sunderland 2, and Wickham steers that in low under heart, and Sunderland, against all the odds, take the lead. I tell you what, credit to Giacarini and Connor Wickham. Jovetic turns it back, Nasri, straight at Benoni, oh, it's thrown in! Manchester City have equalised, Benoni can't believe it. He initially made the save and it bobbled out of his hand underneath him and over the line. And Nasri's pulled Manchester City level in the 88th minute. Unbelievable. Samuel Eto, eight goals in the Premier League this season, signed on a free. That's a rarity at Chelsea. Here's the corner on the left from Willian. Oh, and fired in. Samuel Drilled home by that man, Samuel Eto. From close range, six yards. That is his ninth Premier League goal of the season. And he comes down to the Chelsea bench, does a little dance, and Chelsea are one up after 11 minutes. Larson's going to take the corner on the left hand side. There's a the huddle two, of players. Two, and he's two. played it back to Alonso outside the penalty area, who shoots. Down goes Schwarzer. Wickham, Wickham follows again. up. And Wickham has equalised. Connor Wickham, three goals in two games, has equalised in the 17th minute. Good, well-worked set piece out to Alonso. Schwarzer couldn't grab hold of it. Wickham followed up and has netted the ball. So down the left, Aspilicueta to Schürrle, back to the Spaniard. The Spaniard slips. Slip on, everyone's on. slipping. It's there. Altador in. Altador, can he pull this back? Oh, it's a penalty. Well, it is a penalty. It is a penalty. Mike Dean points to the spot. 
Jose Mourinho laughs his head off. Well, but Mike has pointed to the spot when Altidore went down. So now we have some drama here for the foul perceived by Mike Dean, and you thought it was straight away by Aspilicueta. So the penalty is nowhere near the ball. It is a penalty. There's no arguments about it. Barini. I tell you what, it was the assistant who gave it. Done his job. A penalty kick for Sunderland. Fabio Come on, Barini is going to take the penalty. It's Chelsea 1, Sunderland 1. On the spot where Peter Osgood's ashes are buried, Fabio Barini at the shed end with the scores level in the 81st minute, comes forward and yes. drives it through the middle, and it's Chelsea 1, Sunderland 2, with nine minutes of the 90 remaining, and Fabio Barini, the man for the big occasions, has done it again. Fabio, um, someone's just told me that you were asked what were you thinking when you went to take the penalty, and you just thought, goal. But what an amazing result. Yeah, it's, uh, it's about the results, not about my goal. Obviously, it's been a very good team performance, suffering because obviously it's a great team and we had to do this in a few parts of the game and we show character and, and always believe and we defend well and we attack when we could. And Jacarini's come down to the left to take the corner, the 10th Sunderland corner of the match at the north end of the Stadium of Light. Uh, Sunderland players stroll into the Cardiff penalty area movement now and the ball oh. headed down and in and Connor Wickham has a brace 4-0 2 to Connor Wickham just leant down and nodded the ball past Marshall and Sunderland are in dreamland out to Wickham wide right Darren Fletcher's gone with him down to the corner and the ball into Larson 1-0 Seb Larson just flicks it in in the 29th minute and Sunderland take the lead here at Old Trafford. What a good goal that was. Good ball and good work again by some patient play. He just put it into the danger area and I tell you what, credit to Larson. He was arriving from deep and a what an excellent finish that was. Taking this on now past Stephen Reid. The ball Get in. in. Yeah. Jack well Colback. Jack Colback. 1-0. 12 minutes. And Jack Colback, one of the out-of-contract players this summer, could well have just scored a goal which sees him stay at the Stadium of Light. Well, again, you know, I've, you've got to say, you know, you look at the improvement of the, the, the team, they look at the game, you know, you look at this last five games, and it's coincided with Jack Colback being in the team. But again, Marco Alonso, what a good play by him. He's just got to the ball and he's fired the ball in. And credit to Jack Colback. You know, midfield players arriving and he's got a touch on it. He's getting into the back of the net for 1-0 Sunderland. Larson on the right here, who turns it back to Catamol on the halfway line. And across now to Wes Brown. Brown looks up. He's inside the West Bromwich Albion half. Barini to Larson. Larson now. Looking for the ball over the top. Oh, what a what goal. a lovely finish from what Fabio Barini. That's a great play by Barini and Larson. But what a finish. That was spectacular. Larson lifted the ball over the top 
and Barini just hooked it past Ben Foster and Sunderland double their lead on the half hour. Great one-two, but it's a pass by Larson and the timing and the run by Barini, but what a good finish. We want you to get over the line. We've done it in style, we've done it playing football, we've done it scoring goals, we've done it not conceding, we've done it professionalism. Uh, one of the best days of my life. It's been an incredible, difficult job. It's been our, one of the biggest challenges I had in my life. And for moments it was, like I said to you many times, it was coming together, then it was going away, and then we needed something unique, spectacular. I think this is going to be remembered for many people in the future, in, in a few years' time, people is going to be talking, well, if Sunderland done it, it's possible, you know? There is no, only one miracle. So, uh, absolutely, I mean, today is, uh, is a very special day for me. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.